Hi, I'm Rajorshi Dash and you're listening to Queerness and Storytelling in India. It's always difficult to introduce someone uh, who has so many responsibilities and who heads so many organizations. Today I have with me Rachna Mudraboina, who is the co-founder of Transvision, a YouTube channel, and Telangana Hijra Transgender Intersex Samiti. Mudraboina is the chair of the Sheetal Save Indian Trans All India Lives project, which led the COVID-19 relief efforts across India. She's the director of Human Rights Law Network, focused on the rights of LGBTQI people. She holds a dual master's in commerce and social work and is engaged with UNAIDS and its India LGBTQI think tank. She was a fellow member of International Visitors Leadership Program of the U.S. Embassy from 2016 and visited five states in the United States on an exchange program. She oversees the administration of India's first transgender clinic funded by UNAIDS. She's also a board member of Telangana Transgender Welfare Board and Parivar Bay Area, a U.S.-based South Asian transgender organization. Thank you so much, Rachna, for doing this again, because I lost the interview that I did with you last July. So I think last time when we spoke, you had just returned from San Francisco. Uh, you were there for the Pride Month. I think you also performed, if I'm not mistaken, perhaps the first South Asian person to perform, uh, along with, I think, Anjali and other people associated with Parivar. So how how was the experience overall? Did you notice any difference in activism in India and US? Well, it is there because like in US, it's like, it's very fast forward from when compared to India. So I've been part of this pride and also the trans march in San Francisco. And it, it was just like one of such events of my life, like where... I have seen like community doing the community work and it's not only community who have been aligned with them, it's also non-community and it, it's the whole city which has been, you know, flashed in a rainbow colors actually, you know, so and uh, and everyone is so sensitive of LGBTQI rights and, and everyone respect each other, the cis people also, like the non-LGBT communities also and uh, people... Not only extend uh, their help in terms of non-homophobic or non-transphobic, but also in terms of money, which they invest into the you know welfare of LGBT queer people, and also bringing the rights to the implementation part of LGBT queer. That's the difference uh, I found, and which which still we strive hard in India, back in India, like reaching courts uh, for implementation part for the welfare of LGBTQ folks like and uh, the sensitization is very like you know long journey now for now because because of the atmosphere now we are in India like how we can take it forward in a conflict you know environment I feel like the working you know LGBTQ folks will or the coming generation folks will be will be in such an environment which is non-transphobic or non-homophobic. So we need we have to work a lot for that. Yeah. Why do you think we feel this difference, especially uh, given the fact that I'm thinking of Telangana largely. It has been such a political movement. And I think we have also, you have also told me how, you know, people across communities, especially marginalized groups, came together to fight for Telangana and mm. trans hijra communities were also part of uh, that movement. So it's been a, like a political movement when I'm thinking of Telangana, particularly. Uh, and in US, again, uh, queer histories have been very political, you know, uh, mass movements. But we don't see that in other parts of India, like, uh, for instance, say Mumbai. I mean, yes, there are there are groups, of course, but it's not as connected to the land or as connected to the, let's say, other, you know, uh, movements. So do you think it is that the reason that it's not enough politicized in India? We are still only fighting 
you know legally or uh, is is there a, like a need for a more social based kind of movement uh so i don't like first of all like the whole telangana movement is politicized movement and the decision of like making a state separate state of telangana might be political it might have been made in in law making houses like parliament you know that's a parliament decision but the but the movement has been the people's movement and has been people's demand to further welfare of the transgender sorry further welfare of the people of telangana actually across telangana which has been from ages and ages has been seen uh, no welfare measures uh, you know in terms of education employment you know culture and all, every every uh, field of telangana and that's how it has been spotted so strongly being a, a trans, uh, like you know a, a separate state uh, movement and and trans people or other lgbtqia people might not be visible in this whole process of people's movement telangana people's movement but they have been into the part being the marginalized within the marginalized groups like dalits minorities and you know um, and also the student unions and everyone so uh, so one like i experienced that once in like in 2014 when telangana has become a separate state the same year nalsa judgment has come from supreme court of uh, uh, saying that constitutional rights should be uh, should be given priority priority for transgender peoples in this country in, in terms of implementation by the government so any uh, people's movement like uh, might have been sprouted from the people's voices and strengths day and night they have you know uh, come on streets and fighting for that it it happens across uh, every people's movement and lgbtqm movement also the same journey have we have in across the like you know world also we can see but here once then state has state has been formed in 2014 uh it's like trans people who have been forefront in negotiating this judgment for the implementation of the nalsa judgment that's how the visibility have been you know have initiated actually in telangana that we have the supreme court judgment and this has to be get implemented in the state for the transgender people because we have been also part of you know the telangana state formation and all the political movement but the golden telangana so quote and quote then the term mostly which has been used is called the golden telangana and the fruits of golden telangana should also be uh, uh, get made available to the trans community also and uh, and the queer swabhimana yatra which you know the like the pride march has been uh, has been so decolonized in the sense in the terms of like uh, it should not be uh, held by are funded by the capitalistic you know uh, forces of the state or a state supported you know organizations and it should be the lgbtqi movements and the people's owned you know pride and funded pride actually so that's how the queer swabhimana yatra term has been coined also so that's that's being an uh, initiatives these are the few initiatives including as you said like telangana hijra intersex transgender samiti which we have we have started is started as an unregistered uncollective unfunded collective actually unregistered unfunded collective where we used to address the working class trans people struggles so but it has never been alone the movements which has been mostly in telangana i can say that but it it's it's a strong people's collectives which has been backed with both the movement uh, movements and also the legal interventions hand in hand so whenever uh, so legal intervention is one of the tools which has been used by the people's movements actually it's not everything of course but it has been used and often uh, it has been acquired like you know acquired a positive results very luckily Mm-hmm. let it be the non implementation of nalsa let it be the encounters you know encounters or uh, fake encounters or it can be any such like uh, you know a uh, uh, murder of a single murder of a dalit man uh, you know who married a you know muslim woman you know woman so legal intervention has been also has been used as one of the tools so we cannot take off that like there is no legal intervention legal, uh, or we cannot generalize that legal intervention is everything right uh, 
it's like people's intentions and people's forces and people's voices which has been put into forefront saying that if this is happening this way it's not okay with us it should be done in the way which we we want it to be get done because we have that ownership to say that how our rights has to go let it be dalits minorities or lgbtq so that has been the true voice of the communities uh, of course there are ngos to support there are funding flows on but there are also often the you know ways and also the voices which has not restricted the fund not taking the funds and also we can work for our communities like voices you know community ownership and also side by side the legal interventions so this is conglomeration of the people's forces voices legal interventions and also the judgment of the people's voices mostly of the communities marginalized communities what to do when and how to do when and and negotiating a space with the state that this is okay and this is not okay yeah yeah i mean you mentioned uh, the telangana swabhimana pride and i'm thinking about uh, moses tulasi's movie uh, documentary uh, walking the walk and i remember it begins with you actually going to that spot where i think the body of pravalika was found mm-hmm. and i think in 2018 if i'm not mistaken there was also 17. A, it is in 2017 no when, when the campaign happened and the movie was in 15 but yeah. uh, the campaign to arrest uh, uh, venkat i think the same year the same year <coughs> the campaign has been like in 28 days the the murderers has been arrested oh okay yeah so there is this uh notion of respect and which is very like coming from self respect coming from periyar uh kind of you know histories of periyar and his movement and there is respectability which is associated with a, a class especially middle class uh, so do you think like uh, when it comes to movements that there is an important to sort of to distinguish between the two or do these kind of tend to overlap especially in the indian context but if you are asking about to the lgbtqi uh in terms of or in the context of lgbtq communities it will be always different the respect quote and quote will have very you know subjective definition or you know perception within the moments also because why i'm saying is like the respect uh which dalits demand the respect which the muslim minorities demand and among them also there are there are also minor you know uh, fragmentation saying that if if we see whole dalit movement there are also the voices of dalit women you know separate and if you see the whole minority movement there is also separate voice for muslim women you know and this goes like in in parallel and uh, in other movements also marginalized people's movements also now coming back for lgbtqi movements the respect has a different perception actually and different sub- it's very subjective like uh, so what does this community feel the respect of whether they are dalit or 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 minorities or any sort of like marginalized communities the respect to lgbtqi community is something different actually and often it 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 has been generalized or uh, has been mistaken that to that it should be similar to the uh, to the respect of like the other marginalized communities which i feel uh, is not a right perspective because during lot of discussions between like lgbtqi movements and the dalit uh, perspectives and the sex workers movement and dalit perspectives uh, often often the discussions ripple when you come to the you know subject of respect quote and quote but being a trans person who is coming from a very marginalized uh, profession which has been treated as a taboo across you know the world that says being a sex worker a trans man being a sex worker i have been often criticized for this like for me uh, because sex itself has a taboo and sex worker Uh, is a taboo and across the minorities it is a it, it is a harmful occupation and it is a disrespectful occupation you know so if every single uh, you can say the people's movement did, uh, may not able to uh, 
make a perception about sex work or even of a of a transgender women transgender women i'm saying like trans community or lgbtqi communities so when i say that i am a sex worker so i'm a trans woman i'm a trans woman and i'm a sex worker then it challenges somehow the term respect of the marginalized communities also they say that it's how can you claim sex work as a profession you know and we have some problem with that because they are right in their you know uh, uh in their discussions or coming with their perceptions saying that the dalit women has been you know coinized all the uh, you know ages and ages that they have been used by the brahmanical you know men uh, or brahmin men as a sex worker the bodies has been used in respect to of the they have, have being a woman they have to go through the violence with their own men also so i i totally agree with that and also they also support the same argument saying that ambedkar have sometime point of time said that that to leave this women that profession and come to the dalit movement so i totally agree with all these arguments but what i mean to say is that within the sex workers movement and 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 there are also inhibitions to call it as a sex work also they call it as a prostitution but but we are standing at a point at a at a at a turning saying that there are adult consensual tra- either trans women or women who claim it as this work as a work and as a profession so and we need respect in 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 spite of like all the you know um, all uh, the justifications the movements have from ages and ages actually and all the explanations the other dalit movement have from ages and ages so it it bombards with when i go with this perceptions and and it takes a larger uh, time and also to to negotiate that space also because often i what i notice is like being a trans woman i can be more woman like i can be more vocal saying that and it and the patriarchal setup gives you that privilege of like you know of because you born as a man and means like a boy and you trans transition to a woman which is which is like the system the whole patriarchal system never cared about like you know from there which the uh, the whole strength comes for a trans women community also and from there you are saying that i'm a sex worker and for you that is okay but for for the women assist women who is born as a woman and who has into this profession is not is not at all easy in a patriarchal setup if she is a dalit woman also it's not not at all so why i am discussing all these things are the the term respect is very much subject to uh, to to when we come to the lgbtq communities uh, to other marginalized communities also yeah just for the sake of like the translation swabhiman can it be translated into respect or should it be dignity like how would you it's translate pride it's a pride pride okay pride. yeah i mean i somehow i was i think i was under the impression that swabhiman uh, has to do with uh, some kind of like abhiman you know the word abhiman i was thinking that it has some kind of connotation but again translating it as pride uh, would it can also be self like... respect it can be self respect mm-hmm. and synonymically it can be also pride and that's how we call it as a swabhimani yatra pride march is swabhimani yatra so mm-hmm. we coined it yeah yeah i think I, that was like i don't think i've seen uh, of course i saw it through the documentary but i don't think i've seen a pride like that uh, and that's why you know i kept asking people when is the hyderabad pride like this time when i was in hyderabad i really wanted to know when was the pride i just wanted part of that uh, and i spoke to also moses in the first interview that we did here about it which brings me to this one question of uh, appropriation and indigenous customs now bonalu was uh was celebrated right like at this point of time it in the pride march itself it was celebrated and i remember a kanchaliya interview where uh, he was not in favor of sort of you know recovering some customs but at the same time moses explained how the the relationship between what is indigenous and what is brahminical and you know which comes first can be very messy 
and there are like layers and layers of uh, you know appropriation and recovery and so on and so forth so do you think these like there can be like a neat sort of separation of okay this is a custom which is brahminical therefore should not be appropriated or do you think th- this is more about power as to mm-hmm. who is appropriating what and also trying and fitting in not necessarily fitting in but trying to acknowledge that there are maybe families there are other communities who want to keep going who want to continue with that customs so how do you negotiate that tricky kind of so first of all um, the kwe swabhimani yatra do have batkama and bonar both we have batkama also we have and in telangana culture um bonalu is something which moses has said also like uh, it has got criticism uh, during the queer uh, pride month it, it has been initiated by brahmins actually so batkama is like a ritual done to the you know village uh, goddess just asking her uh, and offering her the food saying that you protect our children from all the diseases seasonal diseases so th- this is the batkama uh, actually the festival is batukamma means please let us live please mother let let us live means in like praying the goddess saying that let our children live uh, not you know uh, suffering or dying with uh, you know seasonal disease like smallpox malaria or something like that but the the specific point which has been raised by kanchayalaya garu is uh, the potraju mostly the potraju we dance in during this during this bhakam procession mostly they be, belong to the bahujan uh, and dalit community so mostly uh, yadav you know the uh, the yadav community golla kuruma uh, these are the backward community in telangana the state of telangana and uh, and those the men from those communities perform as potraju so the history is like uh, there are one not one sisters village sisters and there is only one brother who is called potiraju and potiraju uh, is only performed by uh, by bahujan dalit men one thing second thing is that this festival comes the one who who work for the you know uh, for raising uh, flowering and and uh, also the decorating the houses of the landlords and also uh uh and building this what to say tents the temporary tents will be there for during festival for so this whole work is assigned to the again to the dalit bahujan men so the landlord or this uh, you know savarna communities it can be reddy or some other savarna community from telangana or rao when this batkama comes they they just pass the order saying that now you come and just just decorate our places our houses with you know with garlands flowers and also this uh, this temporary you know uh, pandals and all those things which the marginalized dalit bahujan doesn't men doesn't like it actually it's a forced labor because you belong to a marginalized community you are forced to do this if you won't do this you will not get a work from landlord who are savarna and also often the potraju Uh, why should these men only should do perform the potraju actually character why not the savarna men young men can perform potraju no they can also perform potraju there can be any man who can be brother of goddess actually why it's only dalit bahujan men so this is a discussion which within the you know dalit spaces and cultures also which the dalit movement has challenged this uh, so called potraju coming to the coming to the batikamma there is also one one justification or one information kanchayalegaru gives in lot of his book saying that the goddess the village goddess uh, he have like written in his own uh, books also saying that the goddess used to speak with him right? saying that like uh, you know i am the goddess of this village and i am also friend of goddess saraswati and i have talked with saraswati that you dalit men should get educated well people should get education such a nice visualization of kanchayalaya garu uh, saying that that dalit movement can be only strong if people in that community get education basic education okay so um, 
again bringing those um those cultures uh again and uh, and bringing to the again another marginalized spaces like lgbtqi pride march or swabhimana yatra uh, often often can be a triggering point for the other minorities who are dalits because this first pride march or swabhimana yatra has been ho- you know hosted by kanchalata he done the flag hosting and he started this and there is also sarat dalaganti and all these people have been part of this pride so that was the objections uh, and uh, but what what are like trans people stand on this is like batkamma and bonalu uh, have been uh, the festivals of telangana who have which has been only available made available for cis people actually depending on their body you know physiology like in sense of like if you are doing batkamma and you are offering food to the goddess you are offering for your children but you don't have children being an lgbt person <laughs> for whom sake you will offer the goddess the you know food you know that's the challenge we have taken and if you uh, take bonalu uh, bonalu also offering food uh batkama is offering the flowers and keeping uh, uh and floating in the you know pond and that's how the disease won't come and batkama uh, also offering the to the goddess so this whole thing are designed in the sense that it it serve for the children and prevent the diseases to be uh, attack the children but lgbtq people doesn't have any marriages or neither children for whom they will like do it but when during the telangana movement uh, so there, there is patkamma uh, and bonalu festival celebrated saying that these festivals never have been you know have been given that limelight because our culture has not been you know given weightage but we have existed in this culture and this is our culture that's how the whole telangana movement has been designed actually but we have been as a shiva shakti like shiva shakti ledar also uh, gender non binary gender queer shiva shakti sthoti shiva shakti we have been doing batkamma bonalu in all their in you know, rituals you know and and how uh, we have been not identified and how you we our gender our sexuality has not been identified and why you we have been kept away from this whole you know cultural spectrum and that's how often we feel that the cultural spectrum racist a lot of lgbtqi inclusion in the cis you know hetero normative you know movement space sector so that's the challenge we have taken up and we said that okay it's it's no problem that we do batkamma bonalu because just to claim two things one thing is that even though we don't have kids or children but still for the welfare of other people we do batkamma bonalu first thing second thing is like like we have been part of this whole cultural uh, movement of telangana where we have done batkamma bonalu also during the movement you know now the state come you you say to us like you don't perform this no we claim we reclaim that space again just to show that we have been part of that cultural movement also so these are the two, two reasons yeah i mean i'm trying to also um understand the role that religion plays here so, so it seems as if uh, the trans and the hijra and the shiv shakti communities are seeing it more as cultural like you know cultural uh, activism or uh, something where you engage with the culture and the land but it seems that and it comes to kanchali or other prominent dalit activists they are associating it more with religion am i reading this correctly yes yes and i know that i also spoke to uh, shintu shintu bagwi um uh, from uh, shara fully a um, couple of months back and i was asking her about the role that religion plays in her life generally she said that religion was not as much of a you know sort of a, a we don't basically they don't have a conversation about religion it's more about class and you know other factors so would you is it the same for telangana no i don't feel because so religion have been always a negotiating space mostly i feel like for trans people but because we have 400 years primitive hijra culture here like right? have been established and they have been given spaces by you know uh fully kutcha dynasty and they have been carried forward till nizam dynasty also 
so i feel like uh, because they have been uh, been existed in the islam you know as a religion as their religion actually so i feel like religion all these years even like as you said like shiva shakti is not only a cultural uh, articulation of culture of telangana but it also a space for exhibiting their gender and sexuality that's what i feel about you know because religion gives the that independence not only independence but also some sort of justification of you know uh, justification in the terms of uh, god goddess you know all this divine uh, divine uh, subject uh, making people to realize that yes these are divine people mostly if you take hijras also people feel that they are divine people because they are mostly into the religion and they follow the religion very strictly and they don't do bad things that's how they are more you know uh, holy and and they they and the blessings are like you know holy that's how they are treated like. even including shiva shakti also uh, so i feel often that religion is the only space where we have negotiated just to live in this in this society uh, if religion might have not been there uh, those religion a uh, lot of religions have not created that space but we have gone there and created that space saying that now we are under the religion now we protect ourselves like you know that's how people are unable to touch them also yeah. i mean i also how do you see the question of marriage now we have had in india there have been like so called uh, sort of same sex marriages trans marriages but they are they have not been especially i'm thinking of homosexual marriages have not been legalized because it's not legal uh but now the conversation is happening and some of these conversations are also uh, colored by religious uh, kind of rituals so what do you think would happen next because especially for uh, trans and gender non conforming communities religion seems to be an area where you know people have been able to like you said you know find some kind of uh, inclusion and with the marriage debate now taking force do you think it's irrelevant for largely transgender non conforming communities or do you think it's still relevant even though the conversation is very much restricted to gay marriages it's much relevant because i feel like before uh, we step into the legalization of the marriage rights of uh, lgbtq people i think it's the trans people who have been gone there and get their matters done in temples and told to the whole world saying that though it is not legal we have done it actually we have got we got married and and following the cultural or religion you know customs actually so that's the first step where like trans community has been more vocal and more articulative in showing that this tradition of marriage cannot be um, cannot be quote in quote make available made available to only cis people now coming to the uh, gender non confirming or uh, or poti or uh, like people the communities like after uh, decriminalization of 377 i feel like you know after 2018 only because till then uh, we have never talked about uh, you know marriage rights also like but we are so scared of being in relationship with also the you know partner actually because we have been treated as illegal you know uh, or anti social you know uh, subjects in the society but uh, once the decriminalization ha- uh, the judgment has been arrived it's it's in their own way everyone has able to articulate or negotiate that space but though we don't have uh, rights of you know, like marriage rights it has been uh, it has been articulated even with the within the spaces also like now they got all the rights people felt that they got the marriage rights also and people like karan johar gone and say that like no not only marriage rights like now we have also you know surrogacy rights like you can have babies also like so yeah and and i feel often very like you know happy when when our people go and show the society that though you are not able to like promote like you know confirmers like the rights but still we take that spaces and still we exist over there and we can handle them so responsibly uh, so uh, when coming back to the religion so uh, religion has been like as i said that transgender people for like it has been a home 
uh, to to claim the rights uh, irrespective of the judgments even before the nalsa also people got married trans women have got married but after nalsa and 377 people soon started approaching irrespective of trans people gender non conforming people or koti oriented people has started approaching uh, either churches or temples or you know or arya samaj all these you know spaces where where uh, uh, the cis people also or from different castes get married different religions get get married you know and because in our in now marriage rights itself it is there that you can marry following the custom actually that marriage is like is agreed like legally or you know accepted actually so people started doing that and that's how the religion created space for the marriage also within that though it doesn't stands legal or legal, it doesn't have any legal validity but still people have tried or trying it because it's the only space religion is the only space where they they can do it yeah it seems like yeah. yeah it's the only space where you can through which you can find social acceptance yeah 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 it seems like there's no way one can do away with religion uh you know i mean even though ambedkar talks about annihilating caste uh it still continues to operate uh in various ways and i'm thinking of your example earlier of the murder of the dalit man uh, who had uh, married this i think upper caste a uh, muslim woman and you know her family seemed to have been part of that uh, murder uh which also brings me like to the other question of land again uh, and i'm thinking like you mentioned these histories of uh, the land movement in telangana do you think like there needs to be more like documentation of the contribution of trans nonconforming and hijra persons in the movement are you are you doing something some kind of work like do you think uh, also sex workers as Uh, as a group their own sort of contribution to the movement is something that needs to be highlighted and how that needs to happen in terms of documentation uh, like the contribution of trans people and also trans sex workers you want to know that's what the question is yes i'm wondering if there has been any documentation or are you documenting no, or somebody don't have so how can i say this like it it it, it sounds so Weird and awkward for that. Like we are going through very hard times in terms of documentation, especially I should say because because the this regime is like uh, to change the perspectives, the old narratives, the which means the truths, misinterpret or to make them. Uh, make them to be uh, convenient for the forces who want them in such a manner that's what i feel because all the histories of the marginalized either not documented or the documented or the struggles have been misinterpreted or they have been changed if we have that comments let me give you one example we all know in telangana they there exists one collective like telangana hijra intersectionality committee you know where is the documentation for that the hyderabad pride page you can find in wikipedia but they didn't mention about dhs so that shows that the struggles of marginalized of often goes undocumented and we being like a uh, few like few people who have been coordinating with the grassroots level activities but never able to uh, might be done like documentation for that like for example we have done these these this one two three four prices in this year and this places and we have filed this all this like you know representations with the government and follow ups there is lack of manpower and there is lack of uh, and there is there is a gap of literacy within this movement spaces which often have not been supported and and because we are now shifting into such a time that to change the you know narratives of this whole space, you know struggles uh, people doesn't care about also whether these narratives has been mentioned or not mentioned any way these struggles have been mentioned i often feel so dismotivated when i feel like why like 
being a trans woman and being into sex work and when i'm doing 10 ten, 10 ten works parallelly like i'm a multitasking actually like you know? why we were not able to build up that uh, you know uh, that uh, man power within the woman space that someone might have documented this not if lgbtq communities within like or some ally of us might have documented it you know there is no documentation and now when is when when i when i when i say or when i when i say the importance of this now people say that why do you need this now and then this question doesn't come with outsiders it's within the lgbtq communities why you need to document this and oh is it happen like that they question me so i often feel so dismotivated like saying that like no there should be something in written we have lot of data of uh, uh, how many case we filed in on how many got sirs like venkatyadav cases and all these crises and how many rts we file how many prides uh, we have done who have been on these all documentation and during covid how many people have been given ration and all this we have but the documentation about how we negotiated with the state as you said like sex workers you know sex workers had been transsexual has been the forefront even including in the pride you see that that police deny to go in this way in the walking the walk you can see no they they are the people who are from no no we will go this way because we need the visibility we will go this way and we have, we choose it we won't need any permission and they have gone you know so that sort of deliberations the transsex worker community are there and often other uh, communities within the allies also we feel that okay now they have initiated this now let us take it up like own it up like but it should be always document which like what you say as i being a transsex worker woman i have seen lot of transsex worker women who lost their lives because of long term ailments like hiv aids or or the violence within the families you know and all this crime has gone or like within the community also like have been murdered or you know or or have been have been abandoned to be uh, enter into the community the hijra community and all these stories have been untold actually what the ha- violence happened to them has been told i feel that this is a part of the whole struggle also like you know uh, uh, which has been gone unnarrated at mm-hmm. and i'm thinking you are a digital archivist yourself like you are an educator you go to schools colleges you have been to my previous workplace in the first college for women uh, along with vicky shinde why i mean why have you sort of targeted the digital space is it because of visibility i'm thinking of trans vision which is of course which if i'm not mistaken which is very specific to the trans community Uh, i haven't seen the latest episodes so i don't know if it also touches upon the lives of sex workers but i think it was very specific to trans uh, people so do you do you see yourself as an educator someone who is trying to reach out and archive uh, sort of voices of trans people and trying to educate even allies on how to talk to trans people how to you know respect them that's that's the main reason because a lot of cis people as this community have lot of myths and misconceptions about trans people that uh, because not only because the society was like that about transness you know uh, like who a transgender person transgender person has been always questioned and has been put in a, a radar of suspension and apart from that there are lot of videos floating around on youtube also saying that you know uh, how transgender children are born and if wife and husband have mate in this time they that will lead to the birth of transgender persons you should not take this from the hands of transgender people you have to take one rupee coin from their them all this you know yeah so what i felt is like oh there are lot of myths and misconceptions so let us start giving uh, our own narrations saying that how we are why we are and what are the issues this was the main objective but during during the period like uh what i'm saying is that like it's trans vision as you said like we have no manpower also to continue this sort of uh sensitization of like sensitization in the sense of challenging the myths and misconceptions which has been floating around is the first objective 
it's by giving the proper information proper knowledge about transgender people how they feel and how they wanted to uh, treat them uh, in the society that has been the main objective the second uh, objective is also building up a livelihood through this visibility right a lot of trans folks have skills of acting you know anchoring shooting and making the youtube and channels and all so that was also as uh, uh, one of the objectives of creating this space like this can be used as a livelihood option also and other thing is like uh, uh, as you said that like why uh, i already answered that why you this has been not continued because we don't have manpower because uh, me and anjali has been the partners for this and now anjali has become the evangelist and i have been into the various works that's how i we are not able to give time for this but definitely if time permits and resources are there uh, we'll definitely like restart it and reschedule it because i have lot of you know a uh, lot of plannings for uh, the things to be shown or things to be talked to the people because what i feel is that like if you if you won't talk about yourself what you're thinking and what you want others to think about you that there comes a big gap you know within the society also like now society starts articulating lot of things based on the visions they see whatever they in the daily routine you know things so uh, it can, i won't say that it it's sort of empowerment or and the social media mostly the youtube has been used after transmission that lot of trans people started approaching youtube as a medium of you know negotiating with the larger society doing any sort of videos it it can be again uh, trans people who have been propagating you know negativity also about trans community also because we are not we are not we we will not say like we can't say that we are not part of those the taboos or the traditions which which brings the same sort of inhibitions to the trans people so again we reiterate it reiterate those ideas and again we make uh, society feel that yeah that's true that's why the trans people have not been uh, into the you know mainstream and all these things but what i feel is that uh, so this is a cycle actually going on during in the within the social uh, media uh, also like we initiated this and people started using it and people uh, and and again a uh, time comes again like again challenging those uh, things which which are which should not be propagated and because i feel like if they are doing the uh, we have no control over social media that's one thing and we have no control over a single youtube channel cannot and should not be also have a control over the perceptions and ideologies of the whole community together so now now the hijra or the working trans movement has been going through such a bad shape also i can say which which automatically will depends into various you know forms let it be social media let it be uh, as you said like uh, unionization like of sex workers and and trans men trans people who are into sex work this will impact every single space also but but at the end of the day who have to initiate this i feel again the council comes within that like that question that the, the space from where it has been started it has to come the hijra community who have been into the sex work or the begging now with that that whole movement is in a bad shape they are the people right people who have to initiate it and start that movement saying that we have to we have to come again and uh, and look again to our morals and ethics and also do we need any such movement within the community also to restructure rebuild our ideologies or perceptions in the society you know so we're just waiting for that and uh, and hopefully like we can be the facilitators for this mostly and for sex work the trans community who are into sex work i'll definitely uh, i feel like i will be there for them and we are now trying for you know unionization of like after the judgment the may judgment of like supreme court uh, for the unionization of the transgender community who are into the sex work mostly yeah so do you already i know there are uh, all india based organizations there are there... all india based organizations okay. but we are taking technical help from them but we are not completely dependent on them because uh, in karnataka somewhere like they have started it and they have filed 
PL also for unionization. But Telangana, we as a community have been in forefront in the every single space, but we have not unionized actually. Now we start doing that. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's such an amazing sort of uh, mm-hmm. sort of an initiative because then you it's the government has to recognize it as work <laughs> if they recognize the union. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a wonderful strategy. Um, thank you so much. Uh, do you have any last thoughts? What are you doing these days? Oh, in I general, mean, because now we are slowly do uh, you know moving towards uh, towards such a setup like way the capitalism capitalism has made every single minority communities to set into itself uh, into their into their norms and into their li- living conditions into their working conditions. We are just into that process, what I can say. And I'm so, <laughs> I I am sounded so low because, because freedom has been restricted in a lot of ways in this country. Yeah. And it's and, and when I say the freedom, it's not a single freedom, a freedom of expressing your gender or sexuality, not only that, but also freedom of living independently, freedom of living, you know, fearlessly, you know, freedom of talking fearlessly. All, every single freedom has been restricted and we have been put in the box of capitalism where you have to set yourself into your own, you know, setup and you will be given resources and you will, you should be make happy of yourself. I feel like trans community also move, will slowly move into that phase and other communities has been already have been in a process of doing that. But I feel, I feel very bad of this being uh, being uh, a mediator in this process because I'm the person who believes in minimum human laws at the end of the day. I can't see into my people, you know, troubling with you know lot of violence by the state, running around pillar to post uh, if cases has been put on them, you know. And if have been in prison, and because already their lives have been in lot of chaos and lot of you know, lot of violence. It's not. It's the society created violence. The patriarchy created that violence because we have done lot of changes to our body, and we are only dependent either on baking or sex work. And nobody knows this pain. Nobody knows because it's only we. We can narrate that pain of what we are going through but people still expect and ask us daily 10 times when will you leave this begging and sex work and we have no answers for that and where can we negotiate and and we fear very soon that rehabilitation wave may you know come and you know hit us rather rather we make ourselves ready for no it's please stop there like now we have started slowly to moving towards what we important go said that like mainstreaming or like you know or leaving begging or sex work but i don't feel uh, this will stop unless because there is a lo- lot of lack of unity we are fragmented with you know uh, in a lot of ways in politically fragmented actually Un- and unless until we unite we can we cannot fight uh, this alone but being a small fraction of community that's what i feel yeah and i'm i'm thinking i mean that's also true for the gay and lesbian community but i always thought the trans communities were more united you know comparatively at least um even when it comes to right and just conservative right-wing onslaught i saw i mean thinking of so many uh, statements that came out a couple of years back against one specific trans uh activist comment uh, but i'm wondering like when you think of this onslaught and uh, onslaught of capitalism uh, by any chance do you think it's also popular media which contributes to that because i've been thinking like uh, ever since the nalsa judge- judgment there has been so many a few not so many a few bollywood movies there has been the this album by a lot of trans singers six pack band ads so do you think they contribute to the notion that up to sab ho gaya or, you know, that everything is going to be fine and, you know, uh, trans people are much better off 
they have IDs. And of course, I mean, I know that in West Bengal, for instance, Shintu uh, reminded us that, you know, IDs, people are still not getting IDs. Uh, and the and various scholarship fellowships uh, applications need those ideas. So like very basic things, which you know, is not being fulfilled. So do you think there is a, like a disbalance between what popular media Bollywood wants to project and what is actually happening? <laughs> I like I stopped billing the media long back. Like, yeah, and I also stopped watching the movies at all. Like. <laughs> One thing is like we have been made to act and act or like say the things which the cis community really want us to do, and that's the also reason which I like why I created the transmission space. Also, we won't talk though we can talk in your style, but we will tell about ourselves to you in your style. That's it. <laughs> what we want to listen to you, we want you to listen. That's thing. So the second thing is like yeah, capitalism has brought these things also and. And I have always this complaint of why uh, only cis people should uh, do the characters like Shushman Sen want to do Gauri Savant character. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> and yeah. And this has been long criticized in uh, during Philadelphia movie when Tom Hanks wanted to do a yeah. character of a gay and also an HIV infected person. But still, still Tom Hanks has been praised to be done this role and our Indian heroes doesn't have that guts so people have also articulated on those lines but what I mean to say is that it's it's again come to the shoulders of the community also and I can see like uh, most of the gay uh, uh, queer women and also bi people has been doing their own uh, you know episodes and you know also all those in, in YouTube mostly not even in the mainstream the big screen but and most of them believe also most of now the directors also believe that we should take the narratives and we should take them them also into the characters but the thing is like it's 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 so the art is again another uh, big challenge in front of the community how to include into that the trans uh, skills actually and potentialities you know in that sector also like there is no belief at all on, on LGBT care people. Like you said that, it's like after 75 years, we are now started talking about transgender people's identity cards. See the faith. Mm -hmm. And still, still society doesn't feel that they are true. Whereas the trans people are only the true people who, and many of the true stories have been, you know, buried all these years. They have like they have lived their real soul actually, you know. They haven't cared about their parents and siblings and all those families and all those richness and all those wealth. They they, they left all those things, they come on the roads, they do begging, they do sex work, but they leave their own souls. Forget about the bodies, like they leave they leave their souls. But their stories have been unnarrated. And in 75 years after independence, we again now start saying that we need water cards, other cards. It shows uh, you know, a lot of insensitivity of the cis heteronormative society that instead of so many legal uh, interventions and so many, so much of movement and so much of energies have flown, this still you disrespect and still use you say that you are not the truth. That thing you know, bothers me a lot. Today also, like, one transgender doctor uh, has to get into the, uh, you know, admission for her PG course, but her identity doesn't carries the older identity or the older name of the gender. And that's where her her admission has been put, put in a, you know, miscellaneous or, you know, because of, you no know, no her uh, details has been matched with, the, you know, with the gender or the name which she has in her dead name or something. So it's a single case. Like this often, this, this, this motivate those people who come out as trans. This often disorient them, you know. And, and the cis community doesn't know that, that the disorientation will become... Uh, so because of all these years, the disorientation has been ruled over actually, our lives, 
our rights. And again, after legalization, and again, after we talk about these spaces and to push our rights, again, we face such sort of, you know, yeah. discomforts. I somehow feel like, oh, so what to do then? Like, how to make them believe that I'm a trans? <laughs> then suddenly that, that image comes over in front of my eyes and that somebody, some policeman calls me at the random, uh, you know, hours and says that your uh, trans people have come to this showroom and they lifted their saris, they become mule and everything. Yes. We have been forced to prove that we are trans. And that's the only way we can do it. Mm. I think that's a, perhaps a somber note to end uh, the interview with. Thank you so much, Rachna, for once again talking to me. I hope to see you sometime soon in Hyderabad or maybe in this part of the world, maybe you will be back here in San Francisco or elsewhere in the US. We will meet soon. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>